This episode of Inside the Goblin Universe brought to you by SeatsLink.com, the complete ticket experience. Use promo code GOBLINS with your purchase. SeatsLink.com. Hey, everybody. This is Ron the Yakman Yakovetti, former mixed martial arts and boxing commentator, former stand-up comedian, and paranormal investigator, because I like scaring myself in as many ways as I possibly can. And you, you're listening to Inside the Goblin Universe, and, and by golly, that's a good choice. Hello again, folks, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Goblin Universe. I am just one of your hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. And I am Sir Brian Bowden here and ready, willing, and able, Ron. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. And just to point out to our audience (laughs) that this show is so good that it requires two hosts. Yes, it does require two hosts. And tonight we have a special on that two host special. We have two Rons coming on tonight. Two Rons, two Rons, that's right. Should just make it, two Rons do make a right, okay? They, <laughs> um, and, but uh, this this Ron is, is he's, he's a man that has done a lot of great things and, and, and good stuff. So it should be interesting and it's going to be fun and it's not your normal show. So, but we're not normal people in the Goblin Universe anyhow. That's right. That's right. You know, I'm looking forward to this because he has a sense of humor. He's also a serious paranormal investigator. Uh, He's had a very, very colorful life, and I am happy to have him on the show. I agree with you. Can we just bring him in? Because it'll make it easier. But when I mention the name, don't don't answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what the thing is? A lot of people are going to recognize the name. Yes, I know they are. So let's just welcome in because we have... Such such little time tonight, and we need to uh, really get rocking and rolling. Is that okay? That's Ron, great. are you there, my friend? I, I am here. I'm, I'm being entertained like everybody else right now who's listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, the four people that are listening in Iowa right now are just excited. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we are big in China and Japan. Japan, so Japan, that's right. But ladies and gentlemen, it is Ron Yakavetti. And uh, you probably do know him if you're a UFC person. You like UFC, does commentary with that. He does stand-up. He's fun. And uh, he's actually a very serious paranormal investigator. That's why he's on the show. Ron, again, welcome. Oh, my pleasure. I really appreciate being on the show. You guys are doing a great job. And <clears throat> we, like I was saying before, we were talking a little bit just before we got on air, and I'm already having a good time. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, we're going to be posting your picture on uh, on our banner. But um, you have... Uh, sparred around in UFO, UFC things, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I, I've, um, <clears throat> I have a long background with, with doing martial arts, a, a variety of styles, and uh, I grew up watching the, the boxing before the cage fighting stuff had emerged with my father and my grandfather. Um, and then I always wanted the commentator to do on-air stuff, and then through the mixed martial arts movement, there was a company that was competitive to the UFC called Elite XC Pro Elite, and then I got an opportunity through that to become their one of their on-air guys, and then so I was doing uh, a lot of interviewing, hosting, calling the action live and stuff uh, for the sports. I never actually worked for the UFC, but um, in full swing, I was doing broadcast like Fox Sports South in Florida, wow. across Canada, and so I was doing all the probably B-level broadcasts from which the UFC would find a lot of their talent. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. Now, when we talk about uh, the, the UFC and these, these these kind of mixed martial arts, we're not talking uh, professional wrestling. Or we're talking about unscripted, honest-to-goodness, in-your-face, down-and-dirty action, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it's um, 
the interesting thing about the sport is that it's it's somewhat on a business level a hybrid of of pro wrestling and and boxing or any other martial arts sport where it's competitive, where it's completely real, like you're saying, but like WWE, and there are other smaller wrestling federations, I'm sure, around, uh, the UFC is, uh, they, they command the marketplace. They're the, they're the Q-tip mm. of the sport, I always say. You know, there's, you wow. can buy generic cotton swaps anywhere, but we all call it a Q-tip because it's been branded by that company. So that's, that's the UFC. They, they really put it on the map. And so for a lot of people who got to turn their life around, with a fight career or had the opportunity to do something I did, uh, you know, working with fighters and in the sport, uh, you know, I'm, to them, I'm grateful, even though they never paid me as much as a dime. <laughs> they put it on the map. Yeah. yeah. But you're in good, you're in good shape. I'm actually looking at your picture right now and folks, you know, let me, let me draw a picture of Ron here for you. Um, you are capable of wearing probably the tightest black t-shirt, aren't you? Without any fear. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, like, I'm getting older. And so yeah. I'm, Parts of me are still allowed to grow, from what I'm told, and the yeah. height is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I went to buy a black T-shirt the other day, uh, and I noticed that I have to take about four pairs in, four, four shirts in with me of various sizes until my boob line goes away. So I'm, I'm up to about the, <laughs> about the two double X right now to the point that I don't look, you know, like I'm, I'm nursing. So I'm glad that, that you're having a but um, I used to be in incredible shape. And back in my college years, I used to run. I used to care about what people thought about me. And then you get to a certain age, and I, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's, I, you know, the older you get, you know, I, I don't put the effort. I'm not 24-7 hitting the gym, you know, seven days a week. And, but I'm just it's, it's so ingrained in who I am that if I don't feel at least a certain level of, of fit, I don't feel myself. And then it, it is also the... The science of where there's chemicals, you know, the, your your body, your brain, the melatonin, stuff, whatever, it makes you feel yep. in a better state of mind and stuff. And so I kind of, I kind of feel the edgy, tired, kind of irritable thing more when I don't go. Oh right, right, right. At a time. Yeah. On, on the black T-shirt thing, actually, what's really funny is from from the whole <laughs> mixed martial arts had a really weird phenomenon where there was a whole fashion and clothing boom that came. Uh, it started with the whole skulls and crossbones, whatever, and stuff like that. But from that right through the paranormal stuff, I, I amassed a very large black T-shirt collection. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And not by choice, necessarily. I mean, they were really nice T-shirts, but everybody had black T-shirts. And I went, all right, this is good. I just... Uh, Got to keep making room in the drawer. Well, when we send you out the official Inside the Goblin Universe T-shirt, yes. uh, which we will send out when we get some more printed up because they were so popular that we could not keep them on stock. But when we send you out the official Inside the Goblin Universe T-shirt, it is indeed black, but there is glow in the dark on the front and the back. Yep. Glow like in the dark. Front and the back. Take that, like UFC. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think Top out of that. Yet. Yeah, that's right. That yet. It's, yes. it, it's not good on investigations because you really don't want that extra light coming through, uh, yeah. especially when you're reviewing footage. But, damn, it's cool. Yeah, and I, I find it very cool to pick up high school chicks at skating parties as well, too, whenever they put the black light on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, so where did you grow up, Ron? Well, first of all, the fact that whether or not I've grown up is still in question. I've gotten older, I've gotten older in a few places. Um, I'm originally from uh, from central or north central Jersey. All um, right, 
And then for 14 years from 2000 to 2014, so it's almost now four years that I'm back. I'm, I'm now back in New, New Jersey again. About 20, uh, 2000 to 2014, I was living in, in various parts of Los Angeles. Um, that was where the broadcasting and sportscasting stuff took root for me. Um, and I was traveling all over doing stuff. That was where I was um, when I started doing paranormal investigating. I had the opportunity to, um, to kick off doing that stuff at uh, the Queen Mary uh, in Long right, Beach, California, right. which is far none my favorite place to visit just because it's just, if you like history and you like all this ghost stuff, it's just an elegant piece of floating history. It's an amazing place to see, even if you're not into that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then also... I got to spend uh, quite a few times, and then the last two Novembers on vacation, I go back to L.A. at uh, David Omen's house, which is the site of the, uh, the the same lot of land where the Sharon Tate Manson murders uh, happened. Well, now, is the house still uh, standing, or do they tear it down? The original mansion was torn down, I'm pretty sure I'm correct on the numbers, 1994. Okay. In the four lots, David Omen and his dad built on one of those lots, and... Uh, He's a super sweet guy. You go to his house, he makes food. Or I, I tried to set up, because I love going there, and I like to visit and see him. He's always been cool with me. I tried to set up the last two years in November. I go back on vacation. Yeah, you let me know if you have an event going on. He does public hunts every so often. And he's like, oh, just, just call me when you get here. And then he would just have, he would just have, I was with the girl I was seeing, he just let us come over and have dinner. And, and like, then he goes, go ahead, just run through the house. And he, he'll sometimes <laughs> investigate with you a little bit. <clears throat> So, that's incredible. So, so, yeah. yeah it's got to be the most active, consistently active place I've ever been. And that's what I was going to ask you about because, you know, this is the whole, you know, the, 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 the Manson family. This is the, yeah. the benchmark for what we think of uh, yep. whenever it comes to Charlie Manson. Um, so what kind of activity is going on there? What have you witnessed and what have you heard that some of the witnesses has seen firsthand? That, that is a great question because I'm, I am prepared to answer. Um, <laughs> the first time I went there, I watched a, a standard size movie poster with a glass front and a frame that during any kind of an earthquake, for example, would have slid down the wall and broken. It was behind this small piece of wall near his bar on the first floor, which is the entry floor. And it, floors two and three go down versus up because it's built into the hillside. Um, and we watched it come off the wall. There's a video on YouTube. None of the cameras were pointing at it because it wasn't a hotspot. And it was right next to hotspot, so it was out of frame. Which is a video where the, the paranormal group at the time who ran it was uh, interviewing a bunch of us. At least six or seven of us witnessed it. The, 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 the poster with the whole frame is pretty hefty. It came off the wall in slow motion by itself. And we watched it. Like one hook at a time. And I, 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 I always keep a level of skepticism when people say... Are, are you a believer? Are you a skeptic? I say I'm neither. I'm an investigator. Every time I go somewhere, I let the place talk. I let my assessment of what I see and find out, you know, take root and see what I, you know, what, what comes of it. But I don't go in with any preconceived biases or agendas. Um, but when you talk about something like that, when you watch that with your own eyes, something that defies the laws of science or yeah. I, is the, it shouldn't be. That's not my standard decorating uh, experience to watch stuff come <laughs> off the wall by itself. Yeah. Slow motion even. That, that's, so that's pretty, I mean, that's an amazing experience. And, and I was going to ask, cause I was talking to a friend of our mutual friend, Al, Al Santa Riga, what the, his Al Santa Riga question of the night was what's the most ex uh, exciting or interesting 
thing you've seen at or experienced at the Sharon Tate House? And would this be it? Is this the 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 end all be all? I mean, because it would that, be pretty good maybe. for me. <laughs> it, it, it's it might be because because it was the first one um, when the show was on. It's not every show when it was on Ghost Adventures. Uh, the little figurines on the top of the fish tank that would fall down. That happened the first time I went to. Um, and he checked it for, you know, vibrations, wind, all that kind of stuff. There was no explanation. The, uh, what was kind of equally cool was the picture thing coming off the wall was the last two years, but most specifically this past November, um, me and, and the girlfriend I have were in his house, just the two of us. He let us go downstairs. We're in the bottom basement floor where he has the bar. Um, he's got a little toy keyboard on the bar. And so uh, the group that I'm, I'm currently working with now is called Ghost Magnets with a Twist. Um, that's actually sure I know Al Santorigan and I met, I believe, through them. Uh, and they're out of Beacon, New York. Really, really great, great family-oriented That's team. a great group. Yeah. yeah. We want to get really them. Nice we're going we're to try to get uh, Twist to come on with Red, and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get Twisted Red on the show, you've got Comedy Gold right there. They're, really, they're both very fun people. That'd be a that'd be a good show. Um, I would def- I would highly recommend. Um, so we went live on Facebook for them. Uh, I did a live walkthrough with the Queen Mary. I did the Glen Tavern Inn. Um, I went live with them, and so we did a live at David Oman's house. And so the year before we had a similar experience, but this time was cool because while we were doing the live and we were doing a walkthrough of the house just to show people, the toy keyboard that was on the bar which we had previously vetted the year before for any kind of uh, programmable things or stuff that might trigger it. And so the keyboard played live on command during the walkthrough when we asked it to. Wow. So it was so, playing notes for you. It, it, yeah, it played like a jingle. It, it was a very similar jingle every time it did it. I, I'm not sure if it was identical. Um, and it had done it the year before. The year before we went in November and... We were down in that basement room again. It was just the two of us. And he had a little cat toy on the floor that lights up when you touch it. And so um, my girlfriend walked past it and hit her with her foot. Didn't realize. Um, so the first time you see her on the video, David had uh, night vision cameras all throughout the house now. So this previous November, the one before that, um, he was able to have footage of what we experienced. And so she hits the first thing with her foot, the cat toy. It lights up. She turns around and like, ooh, 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 it's lighting up. Not knowing it was her. We later debunked that one as her foot. However, we then checked that cat toy to see if it had any kind of restart. You hit it, and then maybe it goes off, and then it blinks again, and then it goes off. It doesn't do that. Every time it blinks a series of times, you have to have touched it. Why is that cool? Because after that first time with her foot, we were nowhere near it, and when we asked the spirits to respond, they lit up the cat toy. Nice. And then when we, then when we thanked them for doing that, because we said, we appreciate it. This is beautiful. You don't have to do that for us. We thank you. Then they played the keyboard. Wow! Wow! And that, so, that yeah. is on YouTube on David Oman's house. That one is on his uh, on his YouTube page. Very cool. So we're talking about something intelligent going on here. Now, with a, with a, with a, a murder such as this magnitude, you would suspect that there's a lot of residual stuff floating around. But this looks like there are spirits actually still floating around there in a very intelligent state. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you know how this stuff works. I mean, it's it's not. It is no guarantee. You know, you don't sign a lease in life, and then when you die, you have to be there. You know. Right, it's, right, um, right. Well, that would be pretty cool because it would save on rent. But one hundred percent save on your rent. Yeah. But the point is, you yeah. never know if it's you know, what they call flybys. Somebody could have a spirit that's with them that that shows up that night. 
it's hard to say. I didn't. Here, all right, here's something you'll, you'll think is kind of cool. I'm sure we have a recording of this somewhere. Um, the last time I was there, this past November, I don't know if you remember. Uh, at the end of last year, good old Charlie died. Yeah, he did. Okay, so he was on his deathbed when we were at David Omen's house. He wasn't gone yet, but he was going. Within, within two or three days of that night, probably. If I'm not mistaken, it was November he passed away. Or close to the end of November, beginning of December. Which, it was very close to that time. And uh, so we were doing a series of questions. I'm not sure if we were using the, the Memorex uh, hacked ghost box or a spirit box. We were using some form of spirit box. And one of us asked, will he be forgiven? What happens when Charles Manson dies? And the response we got was, we want him. We want him. And that's, then we were like, well, we don't want to know who we is. Right. That's, that's no ominous. Questions. That is yeah. ominous because I, I'm just going to assume, and I guess we shouldn't, but being doing the investigations our, my, ourselves, we kind of assumed that you weren't talking to uh, uh, one of the uh, spirits that would be classified as a good spirit. You're, you were connecting, it seems, to um, something darker. And, Poss- and poss- possibly, I mean, if you take the opposite perspective, you know, he didn't wrong bad people. He wronged good people. So who knows? Right. It could be someone on the other side being like, all right, now he's coming. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, now, now let, me, let me just ask one question here because uh, I'm, I'm still fascinated because this was, like I said, such a high profile case. Has anybody, to your knowledge, got definitive evidence of anybody saying a name? You know, is this the tape? while Bianco is going on here, I, I know that you said, and I do like your theory as well. We have no idea what kind of energies we're bringing into a site when we do an investigation. Yes. Or yeah. what kind of energies might be present in the land or, or what have you. But exactly. have, you, have you gotten anything though that really connects with these murders specifically? I, I don't, I would have to, to, to go back and look. I'm not sure if my own evidence that I have archived would have any of that. Um, but because I lived out there and I would go to David's fairly often um i know that there are people who have gotten names specific to the case and specific to the victims on either evp or ghost box so i would have to see if i was present for one of those and recorded it but and he's got footage on his on his page someone went in the little exposed dirt earth, earthen room and then as they were walking out a piece of wood a piece of butcher block it doesn't fall off the thing and the guy never touched it it spins off the surface that it's sitting on as if it was trying to hit him. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. That's when you get into that's dangerous what? things. You know, when you get... I, I, it seems to me that, that you have such, like Ron was saying, the other Ron, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that it's such, an active, it, it's such an active area because of the events that took place there that I'm sure you have both ends of the spectrum in present. Um, yeah. And, 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 and it, yeah, I, if I you've was, seen it in any of the shows, too, um, when Barry Taft was there, that the, the the EMF readings for how I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's like five thousand plus and negative milliamps, give or take, outside and inside. It's by the USGS. It's it's uh, an electromagnetic anomaly. They don't know. I mean, not. I guess it could be close to what you call fear cage levels, but it's really this dizzying of feeling sometimes on the bottom third floor um, where people had to go back upstairs and get out of there. So if you think about it that way, to quote my friend Matt Schultz, who does the tours on the on the Queen Mary in California, that's like a B12 shot for any spirits that are there. Oh, that's, yeah. 
that's a charge, you know. And and you know, and and what I did like about um, when I was talking about the evil spirits that may be there, um, I wasn't even considering it was in that it was in my my mind, but I gravitated to the evil. But maybe when they want him, you know, to come up there, they want to put him on that trial. See, you know, right. according to you know, if you go to the spiritual text, you got to get judged when you get to the pearly gates. And boy, right. is that going to be one blockbuster of of a of a, a trial for uh, Charlie Manson up there now? Uh, I don't yeah, know who his lawyer is, but <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting time to to be at David's house. Well, you know, while well, Manson was on his way out, and so we generally in the past when I've been there, we didn't harp on the whole Manson thing. We didn't try to communicate with Sharon Tate. We just try to investigate. I did have a couple of really cool experiences. He has. Uh, and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about the fight game. He has probably the largest Jack Johnson uh, heavyweight champion from the early boxing yep. years. First, I believe first African-American male um, to be a champion, uh, heavyweight champion. And he has a, a huge collection of Jack Johnson memorabilia, uh, print stuff, stuff that belonged to Jack. I think a hat or so. Um, I actually recently just posted on Facebook, David, uh, he had just... Sylvester Stallone and his brother Frank were there. I think it was something to do with the Jack Johnson collection. But th that room is on, the, and a lot of it's spilled out now because he has so much of it on the second floor of his house. And I've been in there before with, with the digital recorder, with the headphones, doing the amplified live listening, and heard, I guess you would say it was disembodied because it wasn't, I heard it in the moment, so it wasn't like EVP where you hear it later. But right. I had asked boxing-specific stuff, and I had heard, you know, a, a whispery voice respond to me, and, and the person I was with at that time, this is a few years back when I lived out there, she goes, maybe we should ask if it's okay if we're in here, and then she said, you know, something that affected asking, and then I heard, I'm here, in a whispery voice, it's on the recording, and then you hear me respond to it in real time, I'm like, where? Because it was like, it was like <laughs> there was a guy in the room. That's awesome. I, I love that, that real-time EVP work, because you can actually get into conversation right then and there. It's it's probably the best evidence as far as uh, uh, this type of investigation yeah. is concerned, with the exception of like you know, of course, that video stuff. But when you can actually communicate with a spirit, a departed spirit, and get returns and references based on that person, if you especially if you know their their you know history, wow. I mean, how could you just like dispute that evidence? I don't care yeah, it's if it's scientific, you know. It's it's staggering, yeah. When you when you get a, a vocal response on an EVP, and even the ghost box stuff too. Like I, I'm a little bit stringent with you know when you hear something come through a, a spirit box, or whatever. I, I at least it has to sound like a voice seeing a word. And if you know how the, the device works, where it's sweeping through frequencies, or if it's using sound banks, or or whatever, um, like Echo Box does with the like a real time EVP right. cycling of the sound bits. And if you get something. If, is, the only time you can really be that skeptical of what you're getting is if you don't understand how the device works. But if you know how it works, statistically speaking, the odds of getting, you know, I've been on the Queen Mary when the guy, Matt, has asked, what's the name of the ship three times? And then the third one, somebody says Mary wow. day, through the speaker. Yeah, you know. Uh, what are the odds that's coming through on radio when you're sweeping through channels, you know? Exactly. I mean, like, exactly. But you, you always get the skeptics that are going to say, well, you know, because it's radio frequencies and, and, you know, that can interfere. And if anybody has a cell phone. Yeah, I do agree with you. I mean, I know that, that you've, you've used a couple of uh, uh, apps on phone apps. And I've used yeah. a couple of phone apps. And um, the, probably the same ones. I use M2. I use a, a, um, a Ghost Hunter or Ghost Finder. What a Ghost Radar. Sorry about that. And yeah, initially, that you're skeptic about these things. However, when you get correlation, 
And let me tell you, at BPS, we've correlated. I had it, Al's had it, and a couple other investigators. We had K2s going off, and it was yep. literally, you could not dispute it. It was taking place. Yeah, that's, that's always been my criteria with anything that has to do with ITC, the instrumental transcommunication, is, I call it CTR, it's a control, control of the atmosphere. Can I rule out in any way, shape, or form that is a person or a live being somewhere in the room or the area? Timing. If I ask an ice cream flavor and an hour later or so somebody in another part of the house gets, gets <laughs> chocolate, it's, it's a good word. It might even be a spirit voice, but it's not, it's not conducive to my session. Um, so if the timing, if it happens within when I ask, and then relevance. If I ask for, you know, you want beer or wine, and it says wine, the statistically speaking, what right. are the odds of that coming through? Right. Exactly. Yeah. through at that moment? And we're, that's what I was going to say, and we're talking about a relatively quick response. This is nothing that you yeah. wait. Yeah, exactly. I understand. And that, that is the thing. And it is hard because I'm a very skeptical person as well, too. But I have heard my name called out one time, and this happened to be on a ghost investigation in a wooded setting where there was a graveyard out in the woods. And, uh, you know, it's hard to explain because there was no other people around. We weren't getting any kind of interference. And, you know, if the possibility that we had interference at the exact same time my name was on another uh, device that you know all that kind of stuff really kind of outweighs actually it's more plausible that a ghost made that sound than for all the other factors that come into play yeah no, i totally agree i totally agree you know what i thought would have been really cool was if we have taken if we had done this entire episode right with a spirit box sb7 blasting <laughs> next to my head <laughs> so that, for the listeners at home right the people listening at home they would listen to the show. It would be exactly like evidence review. They'd be like, I heard a word. What did he yeah. say G Jesus or cheese whiz? <laughs> <laughs> you there's two different things. One's atop a ridge and the other one's atop a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to Inside the Goblin Universe, I have found my savior cheese whiz. Yes. <laughs> right to the cheese whiz. You know, what's really strange that you say that is um, we do have EVPs that appear on our audio. Um, we've had That's it awesome. numerous times, and de it, it depends on the guest, but it's mostly with our paranormal guests. Um, you'll get some strange hums, you'll get cracks and pops, and I'm doing the audio because I'm, I'm putting, I'm mixing all this together, engineering the whole thing, and some of the things I'm caught, I'm like, yes, I heard a word, I heard a voice, and it wasn't anybody because I have to monitor all this stuff, and I have to Can make we, sure people are muted, you know, when they... Yeah, yeah. Can we do an experiment? Can we do an experiment? I, we sure. We like, love experiments. It's a radio no-no, and they're supposed to do, like, dead air. Can we do, like, maybe, I don't know, 20 sec 10 seconds of, like, just dead air? Think of a, uh, I don't know if you ever work with Brian Kano from The Haunted Collector, who's, he's, he's awesome, by the way. He, uh, you can't not have fun with that guy in an investigation. He's very knowledgeable, very personable. Um, he uses, like, a password kind of a thing where you try to get them to say a certain word. Right. But just for, just for the fun of it. No, I say we do it. I say we do it. We had one. Uh, I've done this before live in, in another audience, but go ahead. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Like Brian was saying before, just to give you a little preface to this, we yeah. did have a paranormal group on here, and there was sounds. We heard oscillation sounds. Wow. Uh, we had another ghost investigator on here where there was continual talking going on throughout the entire episode. So I think this yeah. is a great, a great time to do something. Set like it this. up, Ron. Set it up, Mr. Yarkovetti. Let's okay. get this going. Um, all right, so just for just for the fun of it, if there's any, if there are any spirits, anybody listening, who is not one of the three people on the show currently, <laughs> and you have any one of our names handy, or you want to say, let's say the password, 
let's say, let's let's make the password you mentioned uh, uh ghost magnets let's make the password twist if you can say twist for us right now we'll be silent for a couple seconds just give us the word twist if people out there who don't believe in you we want them to know that you're out there and you're real giving you a voice in three two That's about 15 seconds. Yep. So, yeah, that's, 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 and, and here's the fun thing. People, if you're listening to this, which I hopefully you are, you're going to hear something that, that does this, some strangeness that takes place. It sounds like something is kind of like when you put a mute on your microphone um, right. and you take it off. There is a little bit of a change. It feels like a pressure system, like something's going on and off. So we're going to have to review that, and we'll definitely talk about this in chat to, uh, on, uh, our, on the show. Uh, yeah, right. And some and some people may have gotten different responses and different results from where they're at as well too. You know, this is a very subjective thing, and I think sometimes yeah. it, it reacts off of the participants and such a thing. So oh, yeah. we might we might not have got anything, but there might be somebody in in Alabama getting all right. kinds of weird stuff going on right now. And I'll tell you what, anybody that's listening, you could do the following: when you're listening, just join the chat, type in the word or anything you've heard on the phrase there in chat. Or you can actually go to InsideTheGoblinUniverse.com and you can fill out the form. You can use a bogus email if you want because we're going to track either way. Um, and uh, just see if, you've, if you have a word that popped up, check it out, do it, you know, post it in there, and we will give a report on the follow, following uh, episode. That's awesome. We made, we made it interactive. Yes. Well, we, you know, we try to do this. We had another person, Robin Vanderbrook, and Robert has the ability of... of uh, when you take pictures or you take a picture to actually put in in print images and symbols on fruit specifically apples as well wow. as as well as the photographs and some things that come up are pretty bizarre one of which speaking of uh, that genre and I'm thinking health the skelter was John Lennon came up in a photo so it was it's a you know what I love experimentation this is how you you learn more oh yeah it's uh that, that's one of the things I think the paranormal community means. A lot of times there's, you know, people speaking out against, I, I know some guy running around New York who does this little stuff here and there, and he was like, oh, this show is fake and that show is fake, and I want to call the New York Times. I went, dude, get a hobby. Watch <laughs> yeah, seriously. You can't, you can't, you know, if someone's faking evidence or doing what they're doing and for entertainment purposes, their own purpose, whatever, they, they know that they don't have anything legit going on. But yeah, I think that the, you know the, the the preponderance of evidence and everything that people are gathering, we kind of got to pull our resources and kind of put this stuff together. And just you know, there's right. a lot of really really good good right. groups. Um, Ghost Magnets with a Twist. I started with a group in LA called uh, or near Southern California called Para P A R A. Right. Um, I was with uh, for a little while. I did some work with a group up here called in North Jersey called Barefoot. Uh, Robert and Sandra Banoff, really really sweet people. Really really know their stuff. Um, one of the things I like to do, and this is why I've worked with people like that, um, I like to have a, a good time. You know, one of the things that you hear from a lot of the groups is that your energy attracts like energy, so you don't want to be in the wrong state, agitated, whatever kind of. And 
when you investigate, when you're trying to get communication, or you're trying to get some kind of activity or manifestation or, hey, make a noise, move something, you're, you're asking spirits, if you believe in that being there, you're asking them to, to, to take action and use energy, right? So just like what we're doing, when you're having any kind of a conversation, you have to give and take. So to me, you're attracting like energy and you're creating an energy you're putting forth by having some kind of laughter and some kind of fun. I mean, you know, you have to be somewhat adult about it and know when <laughs> know when to rein it in. Yeah. But I think when you get, you know, when you joke around a bit and you get a little, little fun amongst the group, you have a group of people laughing, you feel that. It's, that's, that's what permeates a comedy club. That's what, that's what yeah. permeates an audience at a, at, a, at a concert. You get that unified feeling. Yep. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I think negativity uh, tracks negativity. And, um, you know, if you are a positive person, uh, positivity will indeed track positivity. That's what Brian and I had had made our our New Year's resolution for 2018 to simply go, you know, do away with any negativity in our life. And it's a very difficult task. uh, But for the most part, I've been feeling great all of 2018. You know, not a fantastic year for me, you know, kind of a middling year, but everything is going well. And if we would extend that to the afterlife or whatever type of intelligence is responsible for hauntings, um, I would suggest that, you know, if you are a positive person, that will accept the positive things. And if very bad things happen in a particular place, there is a residual leftovers of this blackness. And if you continue to go in there with that kind of state of mind, it will not only continue to exist, but probably even grow. Yeah, no, for sure. I've had... You may have heard me talk about this before. I, I had one negative experience through a very toxic relationship scenario um, with, from which uh, either it was manifested from, attracted to, or came from the other person, whatever. But for close to three or four weeks, I had something that was attached. It was very dark and negative. It wasn't extremely powerful when I was told. I had a couple of shaman in the group, one of which got rid of it for me, um, which I did notice afterwards. And, it, and it, was, it was starting to mess with me during the last week or so where it was finally I guess ramped up enough power to, to kind of make itself known and so this is this is also like the picture frame coming off the wall thing for me um and then one other thing of photographic evidence this is one of those things where i'll go to a million investigations and i'll be skeptical of you know techniques or certain things or you know th- that real evidence or you know some psychics are good some you know all that stuff but when i think of these certain certain benchmarks in the in the in the number of years that I've been doing this, which is about maybe seven, uh, there's like there's probably three benchmarks: uh, the picture coming off the wall, at David Owen's house, um, the attachment issue, and then I have one picture that I can show you guys or send you afterwards. It was a, a full shadow figure in the doorway to boiler room number three at the Queen Mary. I got where I'm full on confident that uh, it was me and the girl I was seeing, and f- ahead of the group, 40 people in the tour that night. Everybody except the guide facing that direction. Um, so if anybody was standing there, I wouldn't have taken the picture and I would have seen it. Um, but there's this full dark shadow figure standing in that door, um, that I saw later on when I got home in that photograph. So, but that, the picture thing at David's and then this thing, um, skeptical or not, these are things you just, I don't, I can't, nor can anybody, unless they grasp at straws, give me a rational explanation for it. Yeah, you right. know, you know. Look, we're we're in we're into a subject and and, and a, a genre, as you would call it, uh, that that is based on being skeptical. Um, there's no hard evidence, and there's no way to benchmark and improve it. Although you know, personal experience is the benchmark, just like you said, and yeah. it's 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 insanity what takes place. 
Um, that's right. That's right. I do have to point out about this, however. Last year, I wrote a book entitled On Vampires, which was, coincidentally enough, about vampires. And I had one reviewer out of London uh, give me a zero out of 10 review, which I really don't know how that's plausible, because if you right. even read the book, you would think you would get at least a one. But he said that he could not, um, he could not uh, recommend my book because it was too speculative. But that's the whole point. It's just like, you know, it, it, that's insanity. I mean, like, you know, you, you know what you need? You need what I'm looking for. And I always ask, I ask all of our psychics, I ask all my friends that psychic have abilities, just give me the lottery numbers. Just prove it. <laughs> give me the yeah. pick four for like the next three days. <laughs> it has to, here's the thing. The reason that the debate and the argument between the staunch skeptics and the hardcore believers, um, and again, where I, I, I like to call myself an investigator, I like to be between those two. I like to have skepticism, and I like to have an open mind towards belief. But the, uh, the, the fine line between the two is, is why the debate continues. If, if either side had proven or debunked the other, it would be over. It would be all over the news. Everybody would be like, hey, you know what? There's no ghost. This is a coin. Every sighting, every experience anybody's ever had, end of story. And so um, I'm going to quote two people who are, whose body work I admire. One is the guy, Matt Schultz, who does the Queen Mary tours again. He's one of the people I learned from in the beginning, and I admire his ability to take very experienced investigators and complete newbies and make it digestible and fun for everybody. Um, he says you, you can't be an expert in something that hasn't been scientifically proven. Yet he has evidence and he believes in a lot of stuff because he has unexplained stuff that he can't, you know, can't produce a rational explanation for. My favorite quote to this stuff is by a psychic uh, who was, uh, whose home base for a number of years was the Queen Mary, which is the, uh, the late Peter James, who, if I remember it exactly, but I'm trying to, I may be off slightly in the wording. It, it, the, the gist of it is, for the skeptic, no evidence will do for the believer. No evidence is necessary. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was one of yeah the very famous uh, quote too. Whenever you're talking about uh, religion as well too, and uh, believers in religion, and you know that, that is the thing. There's uh, we live in a very scientific world where we want to see immediate results and. Mm -hmm. You know, things, you know, people don't go to church anymore, so the idea of believing in these kind of things go bump in the night is really um, dwindling, I think. I mean, although our show and various other TV programs and such shows that there is a, uh, still a very good interest in this, but I'm talking about the way the mainstream thinks, you know, the, the, the corporate elite and those kind of people. They don't want to believe in these kind of things, and it really makes the world a much better more boring place to live and what we're trying to do what brian and i are trying to do with inside the goblin universe and the other programs is simply to provide a forum for people that have questions and you know and see what might happen at the end of the day yeah i i i, I get that vibe in one aspect but there's a, there's a surge of, of tv shows and radio shows and stuff with the content this stuff used to be taboo. I mean, at one point, you were watching like a random segment like on uh, Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. Or, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there. Now there's shows and documentaries and movies. You go on Amazon Prime, All right. you can find a million different independent productions and stuff, which, which to me is, is, is kind of cool. But, I mean, this stuff, the thing is, none of us who do this should do it for the purposes of trying to... Uh, convince anybody amen brother that's right it's done, it's done out of passion it's done out of an interest 
for the feel, the fascination of it. If I share my experiences, my beliefs, and somebody goes, oh, I don't believe that. Uh, why not? Well, I've never seen a ghost. All right, well, then for that same stretch of uh, logic, I don't believe in Montana. I've never seen that. People have pictures of it. <laughs> it doesn't exist, Ron. It doesn't. No, and, and, yeah. and, and you know, I wanna, I'm going to get selfish here, and I think a lot of us that do investigations are very selfish because we're really – we would love to have the proof out there to show the world, but primarily we're trying to prove to ourselves. We're trying to get that, that information, that juicy tidbit. Um, yeah. and, and like like what you said, with our group, the, with BPS, with what Ron and I do, you know, we aren't selling you anything. We're bringing right. you people that are very interesting, very intriguing, that I think you should follow. You should, you know, you want to get more information of. It's entertaining and real. And um, that's why we do what we do. We're, we're share with everybody. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you something, too. Um, from my experience doing this paranormal stuff for the last, I said, like, neighborhood of six, seven years, I met some of the nicest, sweetest people, brilliant people. Um, I mentioned uh, Robert Bandoff, uh, from one of the founders of uh, Barefoot Paranormal in Jersey. He's building equipment. Like, he's taking, you know, some of our, our, maybe something that's come from, like, the portal thing that Steve Hop does, and he'll build his own version of it. But and there are so many people, even even guys like Huff, and, and a lot of people, again, for every known person, there's, you know, there's a, there's a hating contingency because that's how we roll these days in humanity. But yeah, unfortunately. There's, a, there's a lot of really brilliant people who are taking technologies and this kind of stuff, and they're developing things. For the purposes of corroborating, you know, the whole X, SLS camera with the Xbox Connect thing—that's a brilliant yep. idea. Is it 100% foolproof? No, but what is? Right? right. They have vaccines that cure diseases that people believe in. Right. They tell you to get your vaccination shots for flu season all the time. Does it cure and wipe out the flu for good? No. So that's science. And there's one of the problems with people who are who are full skeptics who don't do this stuff is they don't do this stuff. When you've had certain experiences or you've been out in the field, you have something to temper or balance your disposition on the topic. When you, all you have is, is secondhand information that you've heard from other people who also don't believe, then you're kind of, you know, you're part of the flock now of, of which you don't really have any firsthand information. Right. I did, um, I did a, a, a speech last weekend for a Ghost Magnets event where they wanted me to explain ITC and stuff. And one of the things I had read and I learned uh, let me know if I'm rambling too much too, but this is something that's really... Oh, no, no, this, no, trust me, keep going. <laughs> This is something I found interesting uh, from one of the books I read was, um, and again, I'm paraphrasing because I read this a little while ago, but we live, one of the reasons people have a hard time believing with is that whole seeing is believing thing, right? I'm standing in a room surrounded by four walls and a couch, and, and so if I can't see anything between me and that wall, there's nothing there. But everything and everybody, objects, living, inanimate, we, we all have a vibrational level, right? When people talk about spiritual high beings, they operate on a higher vibrational level. There's different... That's one of the reasons you can lean on a table and not fall through it. Right? That's part of the makeup of the of the, of the object. It's part of our genetic makeup. We have a, a level of vibration, just like sound. And so there was an experiment done. Uh, I'm, I'm, if I remember, early 1900s, whatever. It was called gold foil experiment. I'd read this and I found it fascinating. They took a, a little proton cannon gun and they ionized plus two, for like 5,000 particles, and then they fired it out of this little proton gun at a piece of gold foil, just to see. And what happened was the results, basically, to, to paraphrase again, was somewhere around 450, give or take, particles had bounced off the foil and fell somewhere in between the proximity of it in front, having bounced off of it. The other 4,500 or so passed through it like it wasn't even there. 
And part of that experiment is, is to define that just because there's empty space between you and the wall doesn't mean that there's nothing there. So if there's alternate dimensions, parallel universes, if all this stuff, string theory, carries any validity, any weight, then is, is, there's reason to believe that there could be, whether it's the afterlife or maybe it's the next life or an alternate, you know, timeline, whatever, but there, there could very well be stuff in between the space we occupy and the inanimate things we're in. Right. See, I really like the way you put that too. Very, uh, you know, the the common guy can get it, as well as the uh, sophisticate. So I really like the way you put that, and you know, to me, that makes a great deal of sense. And and another thing, you know, going back to the uh, the Xbox Connect, what people don't realize, this thing is when this first came out. I read all the specs in this thing, and mm-hmm. basically, on the first Xbox, everybody got the full full Connect. Um, they kind of team it, they, they, they tone it down a bit on the next, you know, seven, seven versions that came out, but this thing can literally monitor your blood pressure while you're mm-hmm. sitting there. It can tell you how dense you are. It, it, it picks up on things that are, are around you. It's, it, I don't know the full details of, of the science. It would be, it would be too long. It'd be like a really like, you know, like 300 level graduate school class. Yeah. Um, right. but one of the things I liked about the Xbox Connect being used in this paranormal is that yes, it does catch things that you're not seeing there in the dimension you're seeing. So there yep. are stick figures that come up, and it does beg the question: What is in this room with me? Um, some great videos online. Go look it up, folks, on YouTube. Xbox Connect Ghosts. And when you when you go in there, it knows who you are. And then when it doesn't know the person, it'll just say unknown. And I've seen tons of videos with people just sitting there checking out their Xbox Connect recording, whatever. Unknowns pop up. It, yeah, it's, and you can, it's amazing. You can, tie that, you can tie that back to the timing relevance thing I was talking about before with ITC and, and Spirit Box stuff. Yeah. When you see these people, a lot of times they have sessions where there's a, they got a stick figure that's anomalous. And there's no stool or anything there that could be you know, throwing off the Connect. And then they say, lift your right arm, whatever, as a validation thing. And it does. Yes. And, and it blows your mind. I mean, yes, people could say, oh, well, it's a computer program and it can be manipulated. You know what? People don't have time to waste on this. Um, these are just people taking some new technology and thinking of new ways of using it and, you know, thinking in a, in a higher dimension in themselves. Um, yeah. Look at what the Buddhists... That's Buddha the drawback. Said. Yeah. That's the drawback to the technology, too. The same thing that moves us forward holds us back, right? Because, 100%. Because of the reason... The reason we can do all this stuff, and, and, and that's what all the toys and tech are, are, and ghost hunting are for, right? You got an EMF detector, you got a, a, a pod with an antenna, you, you have your measuring for temperature, barometric pressure, and so when something moves, that's supposed to be the whole energy can't be destroyed or, or created, right? It's transfers. Right. So you have thermal energy turning into kinetic energy, and something moves, creates a cold spot, it reads on the device, EMF spikes, yep. whatever. That's all pointed. The same by the same token. With the ability for people to do stuff like filmmaking and editing and all the computer stuff and the apps, and that also creates a level of skepticism now because it, it gives the person who might be the hoaxer a, a technological edge they didn't have before. Right, but they're not. See, the problem is there. It's a field of armchair experts that aren't yeah. actually doing anything <laughs> but watching a lot of video. And yes, yeah. sometimes they're correct, but what we don't realize is you know there's science behind it and then some you know there's a lot of people within these groups you know and you mentioned a, f- a few of them we do it we have a tri-field meter okay here's the problem yeah. with the tri-field meter the tri-field meter can sense lightning six miles away bare minimum okay so when that thing lights up 
it may not be necessarily a ghost in your room, but there may be a storm six miles away, and it's detecting it. So you, you, on top of the tri, whenever we use trifield meter, I always have an app running with with a current radar, and it gives me a pretty good you know spread, and I I automatically hook up lightning to it. Well, that's so. So what you're demonstrating, which what you just said, is is where the the, the intellect and the education of a, an investigator comes into play. Yep. You're not just putting these toys in the hands of monkeys and going go. Right? No, you but that would be work. fun, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I say we do that, like Lancelot Blink, uh, psychic chimp. That's. <laughs> but it's it's the truth, but, you but know. Like, but that's you know how it works, right? So you know what its drawbacks are. You're offsetting that and monitoring for variances that might throw it off, or that might be something that would create a false positive. I've seen people walking down a flight of stairs in a house with a K2 shaking it, like you know, like it's some kind of a salad dressing they want to get out of the bottle. <laughs> Look, the lights are going off. Everything's going off. You're shaking it. Yeah. It's, and you're walking, especially if you're walking on carpet. <laughs> no one considers that. You know, I mean, if you really want to do another test, just take out a balloon, rub it against your head, and see if it sticks. You know, there's so many different tests there. But it does make for entertainment, um, especially when you go out on an investigation or, you, or some groups have investigations. I know Ghost Magnet does some good stuff. And they have yeah. everybody there is an investigator, okay? They're part of it and they're doing their thing, but they do invite the public to it. And I think yeah. that's fantastic. And you know what? People want to go out and be entertained as well. It's not just scared, they want to be entertained. And, it, and it, if you can create curiosity, which will breed into education, I'm all for it for the most part. And fun. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? like, so I just. And that's, yeah. that's, one of the, that's one of the things that are key to going back to what I was saying before about having fun with the group and a little laughing and because nobody can guarantee paranormal evidence. I've gone to the queen Mary more times than most investigators on the East coast may ever, because I used to live out there. I got one incredibly insane picture with the shadow figure. I've gotten a handful of some audio evidence, but proportionate to the amount of visits, not that much, but that's right. how the game works, right? The most predictable yeah. thing is it's not predictable. So you have to, if you're hosting an event to the public and you sell a ticket, you can't promise them evidence. You can promise them the possibility of it, you can promise them the education and the experience that they see on TV with the same kind of toys. And then you make it fun while still having them follow a protocol, like not whispering during EVP so you don't false positive yourself. And then they have a good experience. Even if nothing happens, they're coming back. And then you've created yourself a following. And you, at the same time, what you said, educated the public a little bit more on how it's, it really works. Yep. And, you know, you can get some really great investigators out of it because then they start thinking outside the box. Um, we have fun all the time. I mean, when we go out, I go out with Al, and I, Al's Al's very very serious, but he does have a sense of humor on him. And I usually yeah, he's get, great. Yeah, I usually get that look, like you know, like I know, like I don't care, Dad. I'm still gonna use the whoopee cushion when you're doing an AVP. You know? uh, it's it, yeah. but but there's sometimes when gotta believe it. There's nothing there, absolutely nothing. So, and I think that's more often than none. And it may not right. be because there's not a spirit there or the spirits don't go there. It just, you know, maybe they're a union. Maybe that was the night that they were <laughs> off, you know. Maybe the, union. maybe the spirits are totally union. It's like, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I only work till 6 today. Um, that's funny. But, uh, but that would be a great stand-up sketch right there. Um, and, that's, and, that's, and that's how it works. You, you, yeah. you go sometimes to a location, and one group goes and gets a, a plethora of evidence. Another one goes in there, and they're like, you know. I went with uh, I, the first group I was with when I moved back to Jersey from L.A. In, in 2014, I was with Central Jersey Paranormal, um, which was headed up by Mike and Kathy Dowd. Again, really sweet people. They since moved to PA, and the group kind of disbanded. Um, 
And so they went and do some mansion down in South Jersey. Uh, the lady, she had uh, medication stuff, and they thought it was either maybe demonic, maybe land guardian kind of thing. Really crazy stuff happened in the house. So they go down with, you know, for 12 hours with 14 cameras and DVRs, and they had all the toys you could think of, set stuff up. And the only thing they came back with was an EVP on one recording in the basement of a chicken. That was it. Wow. Of a chicken. Be, yeah, it used to be farm area. Yeah. And they got an EVP of a chicken. Well, you know, th- you know, chickens have spirits too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so they're there for the whole time. That's all they get. I wasn't yeah. able to go that time. Uh, they go back a few months later because of the lady still having problems. She wants them to come back. So this time I go with them. And they fill me in on it, whatever. We go down. We're starting to get uh, direct responses. We're getting the name of the lady's daughter, who I think died as a teen. Her name's coming through the ghost box down in the basement. Um, so the guy, Brian, who's still in Jersey, he was, he was one of the guys who ran the group, too. He's flipping out because the one thing these guys didn't really use a lot was the spirit box. I, I'm coming out of L.A. That's like my bread and butter. I just love, like we were saying, the real-time interaction. Right, so right. We're getting the, the girl's name. We're getting serious, legit stuff. We go upstairs after this. And then he goes back up to the third floor to the bedroom to check one of the cameras. And it looks good. Everything's fine. He sits down on the floor at the foot of the bed just for a minute to do a little EVP thing by himself. He feels like somebody's looking at him. He peers over to the window to what he said. Um, he saw a face that was like blue lean into the window from outside, almost like a Pollock painting, like where the, that was almost bled through, like one cheek was pushed up, the other kind of down kind of. Wow. And... And it looked at him for a few seconds, and then it backed away. The same way it peeked in. He came downstairs. This guy's got more metal through his head than a railroad tie um, with <laughs> piercings and tattoos. He was, he was freaked out, he, and, and rightfully so. He's yeah. freaked out. He, he comes downstairs, and he's like, I, I go have a cigarette. It's freezing outside, so he goes outside to smoke. This is when I learned uh, if you're a, a, any level of empath or sensitive, which I'd been told by a million people, I'm not self-declared. But um, I've been told it's highly sensitive and empathic, whatever. And so he comes down. I go outside with him. And then the other guy came after that. But he unloads this whole story talking to me. He's freaked out. 25 or so minutes later, he has no problem to go back upstairs and do more stuff. I wouldn't go up there. And well, I had anxiety for three days. And they said, you took it off of him. Yeah, that, that's the bad part about being an empath. I'll tell you that. And I know that for, firsthand. Um, you know, being an empath, you know, you could walk into a room and you're like, oh, this is just not going to be a good time, you know, yeah. because you just absorb this stuff. I know when, I know when my wife is not happy with me and it's not just a look. I can, you can feel it. <laughs> um, yeah. I know when people are, are angry or there's something's going to take place. I've told my wife numerous times, no, we got to go. And she's like, no, but we're waiting. No, no, we're going now. And then when we leave, something takes place. It's, it's, it's terrible. And, and I've, I've never self-declared myself as this, the same. I've been told just like you. And it's yeah. just, it's, let me tell you something. You see something blue staring at you, at, in, you know, from the outside. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll get you unnerved. Um, oh, yeah. That's what, was, that's what was fascinating to me, that he was that freaked out and nothing freaks him out. But he was totally okay to go back up there 30 minutes later. And suddenly I just had this uneasy feeling. I didn't want to go up there. Yeah, mean, and then for yeah, meanwhile, you're days, drinking for a week now. Yeah, I know. What's up with Ron? He's been drinking a bottle of Jameson's every day. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's because I got some stuff on my mind right now. But, um, yeah, thanks for how, sharing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we've got about uh, two minutes left. And how can our, our audience and our, our listeners 
get in touch with you or see you or go on one of these type of events? Where can we contact you? Um, I'm probably, I mean, I have all Twitter is uh, Yakman1, number one, Y-A-C-M-A-N. Uh, I use Instagram occasionally. Um, my name Ron Yakovetti. I'm on Facebook. That's probably one of the easier places to find me. Um, and if anywhere around the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, River Northeast area, uh, and able to go to one of the public events that goes magnets with a twist, especially if you're new, curious, or you know, interested in finding out and, and participating, they do really, really nice events. Very positive-minded people and group. Um, that's always a great place to to uh, to come have a chit chat. Um, by the way, that's probably the first time in months or years that I've used the term chit chat. I'm going to be abandoning it. <laughs> uh, oh, I use it too many times because my daughter does. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were an amazing guest, Ron. I really yeah. appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, time just flew by. The last time I checked my my watch here, I, I, I thought we still had like 40 minutes left, and it just flew by. But, you know, as Brian would always say, uh, you're definitely uh, welcome into side the Goblin Universe anytime. You get the keys to our kingdom, which isn't much. It's a small little uh, ranch style, you know, down there by the woods. Yeah. But, you know, you're <laughs> That's all you can drink, though. That's that's right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anytime you want to come back and promote yourself or promote, you know, promote us, whatever, whatever you want to promote, uh, just let us know and we'll have you on, my friend. No, I appreciate it. The, 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 this was fun. It, it flew by for me too. But the you know, what's the adage, right? When if you enjoy or love what you're doing, you don't work a day in your life. So this this was, exactly you know, this was a great time. I appreciate getting to be on. You know, you, this is a this is an opportunity to. to to, like I said, promote and talk and address people and talk about something I love with people who are knowledgeable and know it too. And so, also, any way I can help promote or you guys have uh, shows you want to talk about or share out, by all means, uh, two ways, works two ways. You know, bring me in the fold. I'm happy to do what I can. You're always uh, welcome. You're always in the fold. We, you know, we want to share. That's what we do. So, hopefully, I'll be up at Ghost Magnets with a twist on the next meeting, uh, unless there's. My wife says no. I will. I'd love, I'd love to run into you. Sometimes I, it's hard for me because I do them on Monday nights, and I'm coming from North Jersey. Yeah, no. I'm I'm a little bit. I'm in the, I'm in New York City, so it's it. You know, getting up there to where Al lives in Canada is pretty difficult. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, Ron, it's a nice haul. I mean, I got to be honest. And the deer, it's it's just like a shooting range. I mean, they're everywhere. Besides the Yeti yeah. and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Great guys. Business. Well, you know what? Uh, it is, uh, according to my... We didn't go over yet, do, did no, we get Brian? Because no, sometimes we get in trouble when we go over. Yeah. We didn't... We didn't you have about 30 seconds there. <laughs> 30 seconds, gosh. Yes. Ron, like I said again, thank you for being a special guest inside the Goblin Universe. Uh, it, it, it's folks like you that really want me to go on week after week. Uh, and uh, it was it was never a dull moment tonight. No, I appreciate it. It was, it was a really, really fun time. I, I'm very honored and happy to have done it. And, and folks, listen to that uh, 15 seconds of blank space. If you hear anything, if anything happened within that time, we would love to hear it. You know, uh, join us in the chat room uh, tomorrow, uh, and we can talk about it live. Or, Brian, how can they email us? They can go to questions at insidethegoblinuniverse.com. That's our email address. You can just send us an email, and we'll check it out. And I'm going to be editing this right now, so I'm going to be listening, and I, I will post something as well with it. 
I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait. So, yeah, all right, all right, man. Me too. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, you know what? Then this will be getting the sad part of the show when we have to sign off rather gradually. So, I will say, look, from inside the Goblin Universe, I am one of your hosts. I'm Ronald Murphy. I am Sir Bryden Bowden. Until next week, keep your mind open and follow us down that rabbit hole. Dive into the ancient mythologies found around the world and tread through nearly forgotten legends as the crypto guru Ronald Murphy sets sail on his quest for mermaids. Travel through history and wade through the vast expanses of time and space as the author seeks to uncover why these beguiling creatures are so pervasive in human culture. On Mermaids, an exploration of mermaid folklore from ancient origins to modern culture is now available at Amazon.com. And be sure to attend the lecture that accompanies this book at the Cryptozoological Conference hosted by Lauren Coleman in Portland, Maine, summer 2018.